Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Episode 187 of Smart Enough to Know Better. We're a podcast of science and comedy and ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. And I'm Gregoire. And in this episode of Smart Enough to Know Better, I'm going to talk about mufflers. And love potion number nine is ineffective. Go to love potion number ten. And then I'm going to talk about damaging your ears. But before we get there, Gregoire, what happened to you this week in science? Something that happened when I was with you and the mighty frog princess. She and I had a fantastic conversation, which made me go down a rabbit hole of interesting stuff. I'm sure you're aware by now the frog princess is French. That explains a lot. (laughs) I was interested about, did the word aubergine actually have any meaning? And according to the frog princess, no, it's eggplant, right? That's right. And that's, yeah. So, and she said, no, no, it's just, it's just the name for eggplants. And then I was thinking, now you can just send each other the emoticon and there'll be no confusion at all. (laughs) That's why your wife has been getting that emoticon from me. And I don't believe anything else that she says to you. That's not. That's all fine. So I was, and actually that emoticon. Why do you constantly need to know whether she's up though? (laughs) I mean, I guess you guys keep the same sleep schedule and I'm always asleep early. (laughs) It's just the name that the Europeans call it aubergine and the Americans and Australians seem to call it eggplant. And then I thought to myself, well, you know, aubergines and eggplants are these big purpley looking things. They're not like eggs. So where did that come? come from. Frogmas and I went down this rabbit hole of of study and what about eggplants and I was really interested. Oh, I knew the answer to this. Oh, there you go. Oh, why weren't you in the room then? That's so annoying. This is my question. <laughs> well, I just, <laughs> Well, I, I never knew this. I was like, well, why is it called an eggplant? It's a big purpley looking thing. So, for those who aren't Dan, who <laughs> don't I didn't know this at all. So, the eggplant is actually a type of nightshade. It's part of the species of nightshade. And that's things like tomatoes and potatoes and bell peppers, bell peppers We'll call them capsicums as they bloody well should be called. And tobacco and, of course, eggplants. So they're all a part of this one big family. And wow. Th- yeah, I know. That was, that was a little bit to start. Tobacco and, and tomatoes. I know. So episode of The Simpsons is not so wild when he crossbreeds tobacco with tomatoes. Yes. And makes well, tobacco. I guess it makes sense because they're both nightshades or species of nightshade, I suppose. Certainly easier than crossing a tomato with, for instance, uh, a, a false killer whale. <laughs> yes. So an eggplant is actually, it's considered a vegetable, but it's really a fruit, like the tomato is a fruit, because it grows from the fertilised ovary of a flower. So that's what a fruit is. Right. So it is a type of fruit. So botanically, an eggplant is a berry, technically. Ah. But, you know, whatever, these things are all, who knows. And originally, when they were first brought to the Americas and were bought around the world, then or shown off to people around the world. It was actually something called the white brinjal was the type they use. And a white brinjal looks like this. Can you see this, Dan? It looks like a plant that is growing eggs. They look like chook eggs. Just like chicken eggs. Like someone hard-boiled a chicken egg and then peeled it and then stuck it back onto the green stalk. It's such an egg-looking thing. And this was what they originally looked like. And over time, we have it's humans, once again, doing what humans do. We cha- we wanted a different flesh. We wanted a less bitter. We wanted, And it made them – and part of that was purple. And people started breeding it to make it purple. But there are lots of different colours of eggplants out there. So that's why an eggplant is called an eggplant for us, Australians and Americans, and who else calls eggplants, because they look like eggs. But aubergine is the name that the French and the Europeans use it. And now – to make it full circle, when I used to dye my hair when I was in my full goth phase many, many years ago, I'd dye it black, but it wasn't just black. It was aubergine, so that it would shine a purple colour in the light. So the word aubergine, though it technically is an eggplant, now is a colour which is purple. So we've, we've gone round in a circle. 
So I was very excited <laughs> by that. But now you've decided to embrace the very silver look. I am rocking the silver fox look for now. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. I, I, I have yeah. an urge. I have an urge to to go like a faux hawk kind of thing with color. We'll see. We'll see if I can. Mm, it's Don't just, go green. No, I, no, no, I can't no, no, no. Stand green hair. No, and just, I, um, I, look, I know that's going to upset a certain percentage of our listeners, but. In the lizard part of my brain, that just signals to me that you are rancid, that you're putrefying. <laughs> like mammals are not supposed to have green hair. No, and, no. And and part and there's a, there's a very deep seated part of my brain that really signals that to me. It, it means that Dan will definitely not try to have sex with you, everyone. So keep that in mind. If you want to have sex with Dan, then don't dye your hair green. Uh, um, there might be some other caveats there as well. Oh, fair enough. We can work <laughs> yeah. into that. So how was your week in science? My garden has turned into a jungle. I am not living there to mow it. I do not oh. own a working mower nor a working line trimmer anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't have electricity to power them if I did. <laughs> in the last three months, the grass has grown to my knees. It is a mess and it wasn't great before the flood. <laughs> I was hoping to get a robot mower onto it. My robot mower arrived just in time to be flooded. And oh. can I just say... I sure hope the listeners enjoy hearing about flood repercussions because I predict several episodes where it's still to come. <laughs> now, the robot mower is good because it wanders out several times a week and trims the weeds before they can go to seed. So the lawn should get healthier quite quickly because the grass survives a mowing, no problem, and everything mm-hmm. else doesn't really deal with it very well. But it might be too late for that, Gregoire. My mm. lawn has really gone to seed. Mm. Eager listeners may recall when I was pouring boiling water on my weeds. You can also burn them. Excellent. But how would you go if you had large-scale industrial weeding to do? Huge fields of weeds and carrots and aubergines. (laughs) Scythe. A scythe, Dan. We'll get the local reaper in to reap your garden. They are going to have to be very good about, like, scything around the aubergines and the carrots. Well, like, I think it's time for them to go, though. He's, he's like, we just have to, like... No, 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 no. no. I, if I'm doing this on a large industrial scale, mm. that's my income. Oh, I okay. only want to get rid of the Oh, weeds. right. Okay, I see what you're saying. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I thought you were talking about your garden still. I understand now. I, I'm with you. No, this is about my hypothetical your... giant farm. Right. How are we going to... How are you going to make a living now that you're uh, off the grid? <laughs> so, enter the Carbon Robotics Autonomous Weeder. <laughs> this is something I stumbled upon last week. This is going to kill us all, Dan. We just, even mm. from that name, you know it's going to kill us all. But go oh, on, please. It's fine. It's fine. fine. Right, It'll be yeah. fine. It'll it be looks fine. like a Mars rover. Yeah. <laughs> it uses AI to trundle back and forth across the field, and it uses AI to detect what is a weed and what is a carrot. Mm. Then... It incinerates the weed Mm. with a high-powered thermal laser, but leaves the (laughs) carrots alone. Nice. So it's just it's it's just an artificial intelligence-controlled truck with Mm. a laser on it. Mm. Good, good. That it fires at it is living things tuned to fire at organic matter. That's right. (laughs) I don't understand why you're looking so anxious about this. It's just that if I sunbathe for too long, I may start getting in close to its parameters. That's all. No, I turn a big, <laughs> I turn a very weird red color. Not, I don't sort of go orangey at all. Look, it's going to be fine. What it doesn't really judge the carrot based on the carrot that's underground. Mm-hmm. It just fires at it at the green hair on top of the carrot. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just, oh my God. Your love so life is thing, weird. <laughs> this thing can weed 15 to 20 acres a day, which is an absurd measurement yes. because it's imperial. Yeah, it's actually say, easier to just say yeah. it's about 15 football fields. Right, okay, yeah, right, okay, sure. Because I, an American football field and a British football field, kind of similar. Yep, okay. Okay, so that is a lot of incinerated weeds. And also, there's no need to be out there yourself because it's autonomous and you trust it. You trust it. Not to run amok. Of course. They never do. Uh, Plus, it can run night and day. It replaces the need for herbicides. So, no more awful chemicals used to get rid of weeds. Now, just futuristic laser beams. (laughs) 
And with no awful chemical going into the soil, the soil health ends up better and you end mm. up with better yields. Mm. You know, it also helped the soil is when the bodies start hitting the ground for human beings that have been vaguely incinerated, partially cooked and then allowed to uh, return to the soil. Yeah, I suppose. Well, I mean, I, I don't see why those human bodies mm. would be out there. Mm. I don't. True. Like, no, fair they enough. should probably, you know, they should probably stay away from the truck with the lasers. <laughs> well, lasers, the, the, the thing about laser beams, Dan, is they, they travel incredibly quickly. So uh, what's the range of this laser? I'd just like to ask that question. A couple of carat lengths? Or is they're it- fired downwards. But all right. like all lasers, they, they have quite a range on them. I mean, I imagine at some point it's not going to incinerate you. If you're a carrot. <laughs> at some point. I like at that that's in point. the safety manual. At some point, our laser will not incinerate you. You'll feel the happy tingling at 12 metres. <laughs> I mean, you could just bend all the lasers to point out the sides and do some tests. Just don't forget to bend them back, I suppose. Mm. Mm. At any rate, you know that my favourite way to solve a problem is with fire, and yes. this causes 100,000 fires per hour. Mm. And that's what Australia needs. Australia needs a device that runs around causing fires. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, herbicides also cost a fortune. Mm. This device is placed to be a cost-effective solution with only upsides, Gregoire. <laughs> Currently, though, it's not really for keeping lawns nice, but it does give me an idea. Mm. Uh, now, I just have to check to see whether I've got uh, some hairspray and a lighter. <laughs> God. This may surprise you, Gregoire, but I wasn't always as cool as I am now. What? No. Well, well, actually, cool you are now. No, that's def- that's that's absolutely true. You've always been now as cool I'm- as you are now. No, no, no. I mean, this may <laughs> surprise you, but I wasn't. Oh, okay. I'm right. always working hard to be as cool as possible these days, and I nice. think I've hit the mother load. Ooh, excellent. Harley Davidson motorcycles. Right. <laughs> They're super cool. And what makes them so cool, Gregoire? You can hear them from seven states away. Like Their just, volume. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone can hear you being cool from miles around. <laughs> or, if you're not in America, multiple 1.61 kilometre segments around. <laughs> now, many engines are noisy. I used to mm. drive a 1976 Volvo sedan. Mm. It had a noisy engine. Of course they're noisy, Gregoire. Mm. They contained a sustained string of explosions, dozens of explosions per second. Uh, yes. To get these explosions, the engine needs to suck in a bunch of air, then add petrol to the air, then ignite it. This expands the piston, gives energy to the car. Now you've got all this expanded air. It comes out the engine through a little hole. Mm-hmm. Now... If you don't connect that hole to something, that thumping pressure goes straight into the air, deafening everyone. Mm -hmm. So attach it to a pipe and it runs down to the back of the car where you can't smell it and it deafens the person driving behind you. (laughs) Then in the 1900s, some nerd said this needs to be quieter. Mm. Lame. They expanded the pipe so that the exhaust slowed down halfway down the pipe And in the Mm. sides of this area was fiberglass insulation. This dampened the sound and the nerdy driver was able to converse about lame things like Bibles and Kellogg's (laughs) cornflakes. As culture moved forward, so did the nerd's desire to make things lamer. Mm. Vital scraps of discussions about Dungeons and Dragons were getting (laughs) lost in the hubbub. (laughs) And so one very clever boffin created the turbo muffler. This builds off some of the other prior revelations by using the sound that the engine is making and diverting it into two complementary resonance waves. These waves then cancel each other out, deadening the sound, just like noise-cancelling headphones. So it's destructive destructive interference. It's It's destructive interference. Wow, I did not know that. So uh, that's very clever. Okay. Yep, and they suck all the cool out of the world. It's been, you know, it's reached a point with modern cars, people find sitting in a modern car that are so well inside, internal inside the car, that people don't like sitting in cars where they can't hear the engine because of the insulation. So some companies have started piping in fake engine noise into the car, which modulates with the the speed of the car so that you still get the feeling that you're driving the car with an engine moving 
because you can't hear it, which is, I just think it's the weirdest thing on the planet to, to say. Anyway, just humans are weird. Yeah, I don't like that at all because that's just that's just hiding the fact that you're not as cool as you think you are. <laughs> okay, so the problem with this deadening of the sound, mm-hmm. this muffler mm-hmm. or silencer, as they call it in the UK. Mm. Oh, really? Okay. Problem is that this impedes the flow of gas out of the engine. This can cause a drop of up to 15 horsepower, mm. which rather confusingly, is about the amount of power that one horse can give you. Sure, sure. Horses back in the day were, like, much stronger, unlike these weak modern horses that, like, Nintendo Switch and TikTok, uh, something, something... I think you're making the opposite joke to what you think you are. Ah, damn it. Because it means that if there's one horse today can give 15 horsepower, then horses today are 15 times as strong. God damn it, there's young horses. They're so much better than we were. The original person who walked, worked out what horsepower was was just real bad at maths. He didn't. He, I like the idea that he actually got sold a large dog. <laughs> he just didn't know. He lived in a city. They're like, oh, is that a horse? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why is it? Why is it saying wolf? Uh, <laughs> look, mate, you already bought it. That's that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> why the lack of long face? <laughs> it seems much happier than I thought it would. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's inhibiting some of the gas flow through the engine, mm. it's making the horse the, the making the horse well, making, making the, horse. the engine not as uh, I must effective. Admit, when I must admit, when I have plugged up a horse and inhibited its gas flow, it does make it weaker and sadder as well. That's true for horses. It, yeah, it doesn't go very, very fast at all. No, it's true. Mainly because I'm now got like it has to drag me from behind it because I've got my entire fist. Anyway, it's a different story. I sh- sorry, I, we've got off track there. Sorry about that. We sure have. <laughs> So, if you want to make your car go faster, Mm. get rid of that muffler and let the fumes shoot down the exhaust. (laughs) This is why noisy cars are synonymous with fast cars and why only the coolest of people have a dual, trio or quad exhaust pipes. Now, Harleys are sold at the max legal noise, Mm. 80 decibels. Mm, For reference, most cars are 60 decibels. Yes. But any Harley owner knows that cool people are noisier and break the law, so they switch out their exhaust systems for something louder. <laughs> if the listeners want to be as cool as me, it's real easy. All you need to do is jam a screwdriver into the muffler. Oh my this breaks up the noise dampening, and the enormous roar of the engine will advertise to all around you just how cool you are and... By extension, just how much larger than average your particular brand of genitals are. (laughs) Now, there's only one problem, Gregoire. Mm -hmm, With mm -hmm. all of the care that's put into optimising every part of modern engines, if you change out your exhaust for anything else, there's a good chance you'll actually be impeding some of the power of your car. But that's a small price to pay to be cool, to be popular. To very probably have an above-average-sized penis. (laughs) I love the fact with electric cars, because people are worried about being murdered by them. Uh, It's been shown, though, that that under 60 k's an hour, most of the noise that comes in your car comes from your engine. But above 60 k's an hour on a standard bitumen road, most of the noise coming from your car comes from the road noise. So oh, it's, right. It's because your road noise is getting louder and louder. So on a highway that's moving 100 k's an hour, or for our listeners in other ridiculous countries, like 60 miles an hour, you're going to hear a, a, an electric car coming at you. You can't miss the sound of that <laughs> noise. It's Why not the are engine. Why you crossing a highway? But uh, d- 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 why, why shouldn't I cross a highway? Just use the overpass or something. Like, well, I wish they, but they should people, build. The danger is in in suburban streets, surely, where people are like walking out on the road. There is the issue of yes, and the lower speed, you don't hear these coming. So they're starting to some places starting to say, well, you've got to have a noise, either an engine noise, like a fake engine noise, once again being loudspeakered from your electric car that sounds like an internal combustion engine, which I think is hilarious. Mm. And well, I've switched mine out. In my electric car, so now it just accuses people of being pedophiles who travel to Thailand. <laughs> well, I think that's just an option for that particular brand, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 which we won't say the brand. I love the fact you, you get people who do modify their cars to make a different noise. And the two best ones I've heard, uh, and, and people get in, they get in trouble for doing this, but made me laugh. One was 
It played Thomas the Tank Engine. Do, 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 oh, do, do, do. That's good. And oh, it gets faster, the though. the kids running out. It gets faster. Well, you may get accused by that brand of company a bit more, but it gets faster. So it's changed to the end. So it gets faster, it gets faster. And the other one, which I think is great, is the Jaws music. That's also clever. So in the future, hopefully, we'll be able to change our car noises, like people change their ringtones and their phone 15 years ago, but no one does it anymore. I don't think people do it anymore. No, no, that was a real fad, wasn't it? Mm. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, this this denotes me as a person, and and I can and I can craft these things." Ever, I guess everyone then lost that phone and then had to reinstall it. Was and everyone was like, "Ah, balls to that." I think it just came down that it became ubiquitous, and everyone had a individual thing. And to, to quote the Incredibles, "If everyone is special, then no one's special." So it just became an annoying, noisy thing we all got sick of. I know I, mine's silent. Mine doesn't even ring anymore. I, it does not make a noise. It just makes a fun buzzing sound. And if I miss a phone call, that's fine. I'll get back to you in the future or not. Who's ringing? What psychotic is ringing? It's such a Gen X thing. So weird. Oh, yeah. Spam callers have definitely ruined telephones oh, for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. You just spent a lot of time explaining how to be cool. But why? Yeah. Do- yeah. But why yeah. does, why do people want to be cool, Dan? What's, what is it? What are we being cool for mainly? You just blew my mind. <laughs> oh my God. I've wasted my life. No, 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 no. I didn't. That wasn't where I thought this was going to go. Wow. That was, wow. I'm very, okay. Fair enough. What have I done? I could have been making, I could have been making inroads into progressing humanity. I've been sitting around eating apples and, and and changing the exhaust on my car. No, death, death. Being cool is so that you can get a mate. That's the whole point. It's everything humans do basically is 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 basically for sex. So we can pass on oh. our genes to. A, oh, to in the, that case, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, no, I haven't wasted my time at all. Then uh, nice, well done. And uh, but the people people Ladies do a lot of things without green hair, <laughs> who won't be killed by a laser robot. Anyway, or anyway. The point of this is that we don't have to tie every single joke to every single other joke. I I, look, I, it's it's it, no, you're right, absolutely right. That would be a real web, a comedy web. We've got time for that. And so people have to meet people to find people to mate with, and so we go about that. We call that the ancient art of dating. Yep, yep. Haven't had to do that in a while. No, you are you are a happily married man, and so as long as you maintain that relationship, then you won't have to send anyone an aubergine emoji at all of any sort. It'll be fine. I did it again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wasn't just sorry. What while we're watching the while we're doing the podcast? No, you no. Send <laughs> I meant tie everything together. Anyway, but it seems. Wait, who who are you tying up? <laughs> Oh, God. She never lets me do that. This is... <laughs> in Australia, anyway, and around the world, this is very similar. Nowadays, the, the best way... Well, the best way is not the best way. The most common way that people will meet other people, they say anyway, is via apps. Church. What, they, sorry? <laughs> I haven't found that app. That's not an app I know. It's like it's like Grinder. They call it C-H-R-C-H or something. Church. Come on down church. to ch- Church. But it's apps. 35% of people in Australia anyway have met their partners via apps. Gosh, it wasn't like that 20 years ago. No, 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 no. It used to be- there was a brief period where online dating existed, but you were a loser if you did it. Or or you were a a lunatic at the very least. People who met each other online, you're like, you know that you're going to meet someone and they're going to murder you. Like you're going to go to somewhere and they're going to go, hi, I'm Jenny, I'm Jim. And then one of them gets stabbed in the throat. Most likely Jenny. Like it's just, you know, we should, thanks for meeting me in this weird park. It makes it easier. So I didn't have to bring you to a second location. What? Stab. You know, it's- but never go to a second location, by the way, with someone. You just don't do it. Anyway, getting way off. I mean, that's that's what a second date is. That's <laughs> uh, anyway. <clears throat> He's ruining you everything. See, you, you were giggling at that because you were like, first date, nice restaurant. Second date, deep in a forest. Deep in a forest. Let's go for a walk in a forest. Do you like? <laughs> I do like I to walk. It'd be romantic for us to dig a hole together. I do. I do. I, with what we're doing now uh, in this podcast. But 
All right. So, but people, people in the past used to meet via friends or at work. That was sort of the main ways, but there's been heavily outnumbered now by apps around the world. But we'd met with the, the facts I have about Australia. So, it, but is that working though? And so people have been doing there's been a lot of work now done on this, looking at all the data. There's a lot of data. Let's face it. Apps give you a lot of data. And so there's been scientists working on actually getting lots of studies and well, doing his meta study of studies, looking at you know, trying to find people who are all dating and trying how to find a better romantic partner and looking at how we all do it online and seeing does it work. And the answer is, well, we'll, we'll get to the answer very soon. What Ooh, do you th- good sizzle. What do you think? Because I, I, I was looking forward to finding out what that was. <laughs> so what do you think people look for? online with a dating app what are the important things uh the size of the eggplant size of the eggplant so let's call that maybe physical attractiveness yeah okay so physical attractiveness. that's um that is one thing whether the gentleman is photographed with a tiger (laughs) uh we'll call that uh i no i'm a bit i'm a bit thing where on online dating people just got into this thing where they had to get have a picture of them with a tiger and stick that on their dating app it may be a cultural thing maybe it is Uh, yes so we might call that sexual tastes (laughs) uh macho-ness macho-ness or similar ability to provide oh there you go oh there you go like i can i can protect you women because look at me i have tamed this giant beautiful exotic creature right just as i will tame you it's um well it, it doesn't it's not on my list of the of the traits that people seem to actually go for so i'm gonna go through them well, that, this would explain why no one gets back to me on my he's <laughs> got like, surrounded by all these dead apex predators <laughs> So there's there's one there is the uh, one is physical attractiveness and things like occupation for males it's height taller men get more swipes uh, than the, than shorter men uh, but women get more physical wait, attractiveness wait wait wait, wait. <clears throat> gasp yes continue yes no, that, that's fair enough uh, physical attractiveness previous marital status so people people sort of normally go for people who aren't married first because you know who wants a broken oh, right. who wants broken people inverted commas and Hello. i am a i am a six-time widower yes and like each, they all, each of my wives has been decapitated they all went into a forest for no reason when never seen again <laughs> they, don't worry they were definitely married to me before they died that was a second date yes <laughs> there's things like sexual tastes occupation is a big one so a lot of men it's for like if you have a high powered job as a lawyer or as a doctor or as a lion tamer maybe who knows uh so religious affiliation tiger tamer, tiger tamer. Sim- similarity to oneself people don't like to admit it but they normally pick someone that kind of looks like them and that ties in with race and ethnicity even though no one said Everyone went, no, no, I don't care what race they are. Everyone cares what race they are. It's one of the highest factors on how quickly you swipe positively on an app is whether they're the same race as you and no one admits it. We're all liars. We're all racist oh, a little bit. That's, Everyone's a little bit that's racist. That's quite sad. So, uh, and that's fine. It's just good to know. Just be, be aware. I, I wish that people were like, I don't know, uh, fetishizing other races a bit more well i i oh, the, like that would that would even things out right there's probably a little bit of that i don't this is not part of the information here but this is me going on a limb there's probably a little bit of that sometimes yes certain yeah i'm guessing but that's that's not the major reason that people go on these things uh, so these are all the things and they these are things that people would really look for so they took these eight things that people were looking for and they had a look to see the people who swiped for that did that lead to, and found the things they wanted did that lead to happier relationships afterwards Mm -hmm. and the answer is no No. if you if you found any of these eight then and you look for those things it made no difference to how how likely you end up happy with the person you found in a we're talking a long-term relationship here Ah, not one night stands or short-term relationships so you should be so ladies should be hitting up all those short dudes because there's just as much chance that they'll have a they'll live happily ever after with them absolutely yes 
Exactly right. And even things like people who go, oh, I want a, like men who go, I want a beautiful partner through the app does not necessarily mean they end up in a happy relationship with a beautiful partner and vice versa, actually. Strangely enough, attractiveness does not predict romantic happiness of any sort ever. Uh, so there you go. I could have told you that. Yeah, well, it, it's worked for me. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> Yay! I just, yeah, yay for the forgiving nature of uh, certain people. That's all I. (laughs) (laughs) So, what is it that makes that you're likely to end up in a happy relationship? Okay, so here it is. Here's the secret. Jesus, this is this is a big call. Dun 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 dun. Smart enough, no better is about to make. Absolutely. So, what is the what is the biggest indicator you're going to end up in a happy relationship? After using one of these apps, or even not using one of these apps, but the, most of the data here is using the app. The answer is... If one of their interests, if the person you're dating, one of their interests is podcasting. <laughs> Strangely not. Strange. So this is a long shot. No, look, look, it's, it, it, look it's, it, just don't let the frog princess hear this. The answer is... If you want to know if you are going to have a happy relationship after using an app or even just meeting someone, but mainly using an app, the answer... Is it if you delete the app immediately after you meet? <laughs> it probably helps. The answer is that you mm-hmm. were happy outside that relationship before you went into it. Ah. Oh. So if you were... Oh, so per- people have to be happy. Oh, well, suck it, depressed people. There's well, if- no hope for you. No. <laughs> That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is if you go into, if no, no, if you're, if you're, if what you're trying to say is if you think going to a relationship is going to make you happy, the answer is probably not that you need to happy work on yourself before you go into the relationship the happier you are before your relationship or or outside the relationship the more chance you have of finding someone that you like and staying with them because you're probably going to behave in a better way because you're happy the data says if you're happy before, you have more chance of ending up with someone. So unfortunately, you have to work on yourself before trying to drag other people in. Because the answer to your problem is not someone else. That's all I'm going to say. Well, maybe it was someone else in the past, but not now. Yeah. All right. Ah, that, yeah, that seems like a wholesome message. It is. I think it is. It sounds like an inspirational quote, but it seems the data backs this up. But I don't want to leave our listeners there. I don't want to leave us there because that's not that people go, yeah, but that's great. But maybe I am a happy person. Maybe I'm, I'm doing okay. I've got myself all together. I listened to the podcast and I, I got to know about myself. Now I, I want to go out there and, and actually start meeting people and get involved, get, get amongst it. How do you do that? How do you, how do you flirt basically? Cause flirting is very important part of the, the start of a relationship. So flirting. Um, well, I've got this impression of an elephant that I like to do. <laughs> Well, and I pull my pockets out of my pants. Right. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Stop, stop. Right, it yeah. could work. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to that too. Sizzle, sizzle. We'll, okay. we'll get back Great. to that. So Great. flirting is, just so we know what flirting is, flirting is when people send different signals to each other. It is basically to attract a potential partner. It's to say, I'm available, and you're trying to give information about yourself. It's different sort of flirting for men and women, and it's also different sorts of flirting for short-term relationships to long-term relationships. Sorry, and this is all very heterosexual, I would like to point out. So uh, this, this, this study is heterosexual. I'm just going to throw it out there here. So I'm very sorry, but that's what the study was about. So a heterosexual woman trying to attract the attention of a heterosexual man is going to inflate her gullet. Yes. Well, that's, that's, yes, exactly. And if she wants to have a short term sexual relationship from it, then really it comes down to basically flat out saying it. P- women who want to have a short, lived fling signal clearly to the potential partner that they're interested and there's lots of touching touching of the hands pointing of the body towards them giving them all the attention touching of the face of your own face or their face i mean either way it works that's for short term long term Mm. men and women looking for a partner of the heterosexual partner normally it's things like showing that you're generous idea that you're magnanimous that you just oh, i buy drinks for people and food for people i'm happy to, to do this mm. but for men and women this works actually this shows that you're uh. you're a fine person and also you don't want to be someone who talks about how you change partners frequently that is a big turnoff for everyone if you're trying to go for a long-term partner you're like oh i've had 72 partners this year but i'm just looking for mr or ms uh. right then that's probably not going to work for you too well 
And each time, on the second date, they end up in a forest and no one understands what's going on. So these are all good ways of you know, trying to attract people. And uh, this is around the world, by the way, too. Like this has been shown that culturally, how much, how, what sort of generosity, uh, how much, you know, physical interest you actually show, you're paying attention. It's all different culturally, but it's pretty much the same levels. But the biggest indicator, going back to you doing your elephant impression, is, drum roll please, well, start off with smiling and eye contact are very important. There you go. So smiling and eye contact, but I can't do that with the elephant. It's just nose and an ear. And eye contact freaks me out. So I find that really hard. I'm like, and I smile like I'm going to take you to a forest on a second date. So that also doesn't like, I'd be like, Oh, that's, I, I have a weird smile. I always have, but it's difficult. But here's, here's what gets us through. Thank God. It's humor. Humor has shown <gasps> for men and women to be the most effective tool for flirting. That will make people like you and show that you are smart and that you are flexible mentally and that humor seems to tie in that you must be successful as well because obviously you're happy with the world. So if you can show that you're a humorous person, that you have a sense of humor about yourself, not just, you know, being nasty. The waiter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> then that is the best chance you have of getting with someone as the kids, I don't think, say. You see, I don't know whether I agree with that Mm -hmm. because I've had dates where I've pulled out like a 101 jokes about fat women (laughs) and gone through them, and those dates have not ended well. Mm. Like they're jokes. I'm I'm so glad you're so glad you're married now. I'm so I'm so. Yeah, she's not. (laughs) I'm glad she was listening to this right now, and she's like, "This is like the sixth time he's had he's mentioned me in the podcast. He has to stop soon, right?" So, you were recently back in Brisbane for a few weeks. I was. And we went for a hike up in the hinterland. We did. I mean, I, I, I'd call it a hike. You'd call it a light stroll. Uh, we, yeah, yeah. It was mainly a, there was a bit of uphill and there was a lot of downhill. There were some excellent steps. Oh, I love those steps. I was running up the stairs. I gazelled up those steps. I had such a fun time. I'm, I mean, we returned to the same location, so it was the exact same amount of downhill as it was uphill. True, true. But those steps were mighty, and I loved them. But it's interesting that you that you discuss the uphill and downhill, because that is something that I wanted to talk about. Ooh. Because while driving up and down hills, we had the experience of the pressure changing. Most people can feel it in their ears. I mentioned that I'd never had the experience of my ears popping, when I learned about it, I also learned about the solution, which is to yawn. Mm-hmm. So every time I feel the sensation, I instinctively yawn and the sensation goes away. Mm. Now, it's my understanding that if I were to let that sensation in- increase, I would get the f- feeling of a somewhat painful pop. Oh, okay. But Girl Clumsy was there with us and she thought the pop was the feeling of relief you get when you yawn. And I realised I don't know how this stuff works at all. Mm. So, I looked it up. Ah. The the outside of the ear is easy. It's a bucket that collects sounds. Mm -hmm. There's some subtlety there to help figure out where the sound is coming from, but this doesn't interest us now. It narrows down into a pipe and travels a few centimetres into the skull, where it ends at the eardrum. Now, the eardrum is important. It seals off the tube, and that means that any change in air pressure is really easy to register on it. This trembling on the eardrum is registered by the bones of the ear that attach to the back of the eardrum. If you slap someone on the ear, that pressure can go up dramatically and even burst the eardrum. If there is a tear in that membrane, the air goes in and out of the chamber behind it and the eardrum doesn't tremble properly. So things can sound muffled and you can get a ringing sound in your ear. Mm. But usually this chamber is open to the air. The external chamber, the pipe. The air pressure in there is very close to the air pressure outside of the skull because they're attached. The problem is that when that air pressure goes up or down, the air pressure behind the eardrum stays the same. It's a sealed chamber in there. If it weren't sealed, the sound would come in the other end of the pipe and both sides of the membrane would tremble at the same time from the sound waves. So you can hear better with a sealed chamber inside and the external chamber open to the air and pulling stuff in. So the chamber inside the ear is called the middle ear. After the eardrum, it tapers down to a very small junction in the bone of the skull and that that expands back out 
to become the Eustachian tube. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine an elongated hourglass. The pinch point is closed when you're at rest, so no air can travel through it. So this makes it easy to hear stuff. When you swallow, yawn, or sneeze, this pinch point opens up slightly and the middle ear and the sinus equalise. Mm. Because the sinus is open to the air because it's just a, two big holes in your face behind your not nose, then that equalises. What this means is that if you're at a high pressure and you change to a low pressure, that middle ear area is still at a high pressure. This pushes the eardrum from inside, Ooh. causing discomfort. Mm. In order to relieve the sensation, you need to equalise that space by yawning or swallowing. Now, if you don't do that, there's still pressure building up. It pushes against the pinch point at the beginning of the eustachian tube, and that pressure opens up like it punches out mm. through that little hole, and air rushes out, and the eardrum immediately ret returns to its normal shape. Yep. And that rushing out as it bursts open makes a like an observable pop oh, noise they... in your ear. Wow. So that's your ear pop, eardrum popping. Huh. I've never experienced that either then. I've never had that pop. I've had pretty bad coming down on the plane. My eardrums were, I must have had like some sort of cold or something. And, and I had a very bad pain in my ears because the pressure was getting, mm. and, and I was like, oh, and, and I was desperately trying to yawn to try and clear all out and it didn't clear, but it, I don't think it ever popped. I think the pressure just leaked out in the end. That could be the case. Like some people just will never experience the pop. Mm. And the popping isn't painful. It's the pressure beforehand. Yes. So it gets really painful and the popping relieves that pressure. Right. It's actually a pop. There's an actual pop for some people. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Uh, now the pinch point is tiny. So it's really easy to block. If you seal your face and then use your diaphragm to push air into it, mucus in your sinuses can be forced into these tubes. Mm. And this blockage makes it hard to equalise the inner ear. Also, if you've got a cold, mm. like you mentioned, there's more mucus up there. Or an infection can actually swell the surrounding tissue, and this also makes it hard to equalise that pressure. So that's how popping ears works. If you have an earache and you have that sensation that you just want to drill into your skull to relieve that pressure... That would actually work. <laughs> and Smart Enough to Know Better officially recommends this action. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. That's really interesting because that ties in. I read a really exciting thing talking years and years ago. It was, uh, I think it was SAS. S they were talking about SAS soldiers, um, like Green Beret, not Green Berets, but yeah, SAS. They're, they're the Special Air Service, yep. I think. Special so, Air Squadron? Air, yeah, something like that. And so they're- Special Airplane yes, Squadron. Yes. Big shooty men, big tough shooty men and women who- Shooty sh Army- Specialists. Yes, there you go. Got it. And they're the, they're the really highly trained lunatics. I was reading a thing about one was saying that when they need to, like they go in there and they, like a house or, or anywhere really that's quiet and they're trying to work out if they can hear something. One of the things they do is yawn or open their mouth and try to, and then they say that gives more, more airway for the sound to reach their ears. It gives them the, it clears the ear out. So they do a little yawning thing. Maybe it loosens any tension on that eardrum and makes it as sensitive as possible. Yes. Yeah. I, I, and I have done it myself. Like when I try, like I go, I can't hear properly or not even hear properly, but I'm like, I need to try and hear something and not in a really loud environment, a quiet environment. I will not yawn, but I, it's the action of yawning without opening your mouth. So you can kind of. I'm doing it now. We sort of oh, just, so you get that sort of rumbling. Yes. What is it? Tempani. And then it moves. I can feel the muscles in the back of my head move, and it's it's the same thing when you yawn. It gives the same thing. So it's it's a yawn without opening your mouth, and then I open my mouth and slightly. This is and opening it, up those eustachian tubes. Yeah, and I open my mouth slightly, and I think, mentally, it's subjective. I'm pretty certain though that i can hear better in a quiet environment once i've done that it does give me the ability to sort of hear things better well if you had like a, a, a balloon that's been blown up and you tried to disrupt the edge of that balloon then that would be quite firm mm. but if you uh, let air out of it it would be less firm it would mm. be it would tremble a bit more so maybe that would have that mm. would make the bones in the ear wobble a little bit more effectively yeah, maybe yeah but it does seem to work that's really oh there you go yeah, that that was interesting but yeah don't drill things into your head for god's sake <laughs> don't even uh, the don't official even... position of smart enough to better is to drill into your no, head whenever you have a head don't cold. even stick things don't even put cotton buds in your ears don't don't stop it don't do that all you're doing is yeah. pushing crap deeper into your ears Ugh. Mm. and scratching the 
the most delicate part yeah, of your well, body. Yeah, you know, oh, if you get that far amazing. in, oh, oh, so no, good. No, 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 no. Oh, it's you get fluff in there, and then your ears get infected, and then you get like weird puffy ear, and oh, don't do it. Your ears have for millions of years have been emptying themselves quite nicely. You don't need you jerking around in there. Though sometimes I must admit I have been around somewhere and then like, you washing, I didn't wash my ears out properly. And then I've heard like a noise like over months or I mean, I didn't even think about it, but suddenly you hear like a clunk noise and you actually hear an audible thump. I'm like, oh, and then I sort of, and then you realize it was a lump of crap that just fell out of my ear. <laughs> that must have been, been pushed <laughs> out over time. But you actually hear this because it's so close it's in your ear. You go, thump. No, ah. <laughs> Ah, oh, yeah. You hear about people who who have an insect go into their oh. ear, and they're like, "It was the loudest noise I've ever heard." And you can't. And when you put your hand over your ear, it doesn't get quiet. I have a friend of mine. I was we we had as many when we were kids, so like eighteen, seventeen year olds. He sort of stayed over, and then he got a. He woke me up to say, "Greg, I've got a, something in my ears. A moth or something in my ear." I was like, "Whatever." Yeah, he was like, "No, no, no, it's something in my ear." So I, I got a torch and was looking in his ear, and there was definitely something down there, kind of weirdly, kind of moving slightly. So I took him to a doctor, and the whole time he was saying, "You just hear it." It was trying to get out. It obviously, it crawled in and couldn't get out, and he could hear it like bzz, 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 and took him to a twenty-four hour clinic and they yep no problem at all and they put something in there and they chopped up the moth and then they they syringed it all out it was fine but he told me later that he heard it die <laughs> he said they stuck the, the whatever they stuck in there to kill it and to chop it up and he went and he'd hear it being dismembered and its last like buzzing <laughs> no as it went as it and he's like because it was right in his ear and yeah yeah he yeah i was like oh that's terrible that very quiet Tell my wife. Yeah, that's I right. Love her. That's right. Jeff, Jeff, I'm your father. I've come back to. Ah! Tell the queen I love her. <laughs> she won't know me from anyone else, but. <laughs> the money's kept in the. Ah! <laughs> did, did you say honey or money? <laughs> honey? I'm a moth. Why would I say honey? I mean, you're all insects to me. I don't. That's racism. Speciesism. <laughs> Sorry, do you want me to take this moth out of your ear or not? Because you seem to have developed some sort of relationship. <laughs> I don't here. know. I don't like it. That's just called me racist. Remove it from my ear immediately. <laughs> Welcome to the Walk of Shame. It's that part of the Woo. podcast where you get to call us out on the mistakes that we've made in previous podcasts. I have a walk of shame for you, Gregoire. Yes, yes, yes. Eric Wilson picked up that you mentioned Starfleet could feed dead ensigns into the replicators and use that base matter to create more food. Yes. He points out Starfleet's official policy is to put the deceased into a torpedo tube and fire them into space. (laughs) It's like a, a burial at sea, but with no ocean or gravity. Right. Now, I assume that if the Enterprise was running low on food, they could just grab any Kron elements from an M-class planet and load them into the space hopper. Mm. Just get a bunch of, like, evil vines or something and <laughs> grab them. Have the evil vines, though. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, all vines in Star Trek appear to be okay. evil. Okay. Now, of course, you can't do that in an escape pod. And Starfleet ships are all totally decked out in escape mm. pods. Starfleet escape pods have eight months of rations aboard. <laughs> now, there is nothing in canon that confirms the existence of a replicator aboard one of these craft. As they are no longer connected to the power reserves of the main ship, your replicator might be limited in its ability to make food if it was aboard. I think it depends. This I hate to come down on the. I think this is going to depend on which generation we're talking about, like original series, next generation, or, you know, the, um, that's it really. But, yes. Uh, all the new movies, because I think the runabouts do have replicators. A runabout's different to... Sh- runabouts have replicators. Escape pods do not. Oh, escape pods. Okay, right, right. Okay, fair enough. Okay, got it. Since they're no longer connected to the power reserves, yeah, they might be limited. But at the mm. same time, eight months of food takes up quite a bit of space. Because mm. some of these pods can hold like 16 people. Mm. They're keeping the food. Long- Good point. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, it's almost like it's made up. I don't do that. Come on, man. Come on, don't. That's... There's some guy behind the curtain up here. It's not a giant floating head running Oz. I'm sorry. Come on, man. What was that? 
Okay. Now, the escape pod does recycle air and waste, but then so do our space vehicles. Mm. If you had a dead body in an escape pod and you Mm. didn't want to waste resources ejecting it into space, you might be able to suck the moisture from it. Mm. But if you wanted to turn them into food, I suspect that you would have to do it the old-fashioned way. Well, but you could put, you could, why couldn't you desiccate them? That, that's a, that makes them into jerky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's the old-fashioned way. Oh, okay. That is the old-fashioned way. Okay, sorry. I wasn't yeah. sure. People have been right. making jerky for years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hang on. That was the walk of shame. The walk of shame is that, they, that Starfleet wouldn't, because they fire the, the, everyone the, from the, the space. The, yeah, that they're not going to, that no one's going to be feeding dead ensigns into the, into the replicators. Look, I'm going to push back on this, Eric Wilson. I'm very sorry, but uh, no, because... I think that very few people get fired out into space in in a torpedo. I think that's yeah. only a few people. I think some people, like if you're famous or important, you get fired out into space. But most of them I don't think get fired out into space. That's my take on this. That's funny that you should say that because that was my response to Eric Wilson as well. I said, I bet it's right. only top brass who get a torpedo. Yeah. And he responded and he said, they have replicators there's no loss or lack of torpedoes to fire people into space. There's uh, no reason not to fire every single dead body into space. Okay, uh, it's the shell. Uh, yes, there's no reason, but I don't think. But it's not. It's not about reason. You're in a post-resource society. It's not about resources. It's about honor, and it's about. I, I just. It's about honour, and you're, you're trying to say that it being about honour is the reason why they do take ensigns and turn them into food. Uh, yes, and I think because, <laughs> cause, cause, <laughs> so that you're because not you have to be you have to be someone important enough to be fired into space. Otherwise, they, space they is going to get made li- it through Starfleet. Every man on that ship is important, Craig. Why? Every person, every person on that ship. No, just the men. Still, weirdly, <laughs> like. Still weirdly stuck in the 90s in 24, All I'm going to base this on, we've been watching and enjoying, I'd like to point out, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Yep. So after all the dross... Oh, hang on. Have you seen the latest Star Trek Strange New Worlds? I've not watched the... I've not watched... I cannot say the thing I'm about to say then. Well, I'm glad because I don't want you to spoil it for our listeners either. No, well, I don't. I don't. Ah, damn it. But it kind of... Ah, but it, it kind of backs up my point. I'm annoyed... And anyway, that's fine. It's a, it's oh, when, that's fantastic. When, when, uh, when you Commander. Can't, you can't shoot c- down the wall of shame when, because you'll ruin the TV show for people. I know. It's when Christopher Pike forcibly feeds Ensign Uhura into a replicator. It, it really proves my point. That's not the point, by the way, but there's another point. Ah, oh, I'm annoyed now. I'm not walking it. I refuse. I'm crossing my wow. arms. Has that I'm, ever happened before? I'm not, no, I just, I think, I think we would need to get a Star Trek expert on to discuss whether everyone is fired into space. I mean, I looked it up on the Star Trek wiki. They, and they say everyone's fired into space. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And, and. Damn it. I mean, they don't specifically say except for the junior ensigns who get reclaimed as food. Well, no, well, no. I, I, I'm happy to take the, the food bit, but I thought that some people would just be broken down to the constitute molecules, or sent home and buried in the ground, or lots of if, other ways. If you're near a planet, then yes, they will recover the body and for burial. But if you're in space, it's like being at sea. Why? Hang on. What doesn't make any sense? Why don't they just transport them? into the buffer and hold them as information until they get home somewhere. Have the transport computer store them forever. You can, you can keep the body from decomposing. You don't have to fire them into bloody space. Uh, well, they do have morgues on the ships. Yeah. And the morgues can store 250 people in some of these ships. So, so why I don't know they put them in the wa- buffer? Yeah, it, it's weird, isn't it? It's Just put them like, in the buffer. It's made it's up. It's almost like they don't think it through. <laughs> Damn it. Or maybe there's some sort of weird thing about putting corpses into the buffer. Maybe they do put maybe- them into stasis. Oh, you wouldn't want them to wake up. Oh, maybe you would. That's immortality. Yeah, you'd probably want them to wake up. I wonder if you could. 
Or maybe they're worried about being possessed by Moriarty, which happens a lot in Next Generation. Maybe it's like, I'm back again, Holmes. I'm not Holmes, I'm Captain Picard. Whatever, Holmes, I've now taken your ensign's body. (laughs) You should have fed it into the replicator like that very clever man in the past said. (laughs) Or just fired it out of the ship in a torpedo tube, probably easier and... But then I would have a torpedo and I could have come back and flown into the bridge. You fools, you fools. Why is that Gregoire so attractive and clever in the past? We should bring him into the future. That's Boy, Moriarty is smart. I remember that, that episode very clearly. Well, <laughs> Fine, we- I'll walk it. But, but, um, yes. but, I, but, but I, when we can talk about Strange New Worlds episode four, yeah. then we will. All right. So uh, should we just skip past the bit where you explain that no one has picked me up on anything and get straight to your second walk of shame? <sighs> no one loves me, Dan. It's because I'm too funny. That's what it is. Everyone loves me, and all I have to do is, like, blink my beautiful eyes at them. I know. It makes me very sad. It's brilliant. All right. Alan Firkenhoff. Oh, I didn't realise how rude that last name was until I said it out loud. Listen to you explain the bat bombs idea and how it didn't mm. work because bats didn't roost in roofs, they nested in trees. Mm-hmm. Now, he found information that suggests that the test they did on a simulated Japanese village was successful Ooh. and the plan was only scrapped when they realised that they could drop an implosion-type nuclear weapon with a solid plutonium core on the Japanese <laughs> instead and that this set fire to slightly more houses than the bats did. I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was a Japanese weapon for America, not an American weapon for Japan. Nope. Oh, then, then I'm, no, well, I'm walking of shaming. I'm walking of shaming inside of walks of shames at this point. I'm getting very confused. Yeah. Oh, well, that's fair enough. No, I think in the last one you said that it was because they were in paper houses or something. Oh, then I've got to- everything totally wow. Well, okay, no, look, sure, I- I'll happily walk that you're, one. Not only are you walking the walk of shame, but you're sort of going in circles on the yeah, walk I, of I shame. I feel like it. Yes, uh, yes. I forgot what I said. Now, sorry about that. But yes, no, fair enough. Look, if I said that, that was a crazy thing to say. And yeah, yeah, absolutely right. A nuclear weapon is much better than than bats. Than bats. Well, so saying, maybe bats have done more damage to the world in the last couple of years. Tech, maybe allegedly, maybe. What are you basing that on, Morbius? <laughs> wow wow take that sony pictures <laughs> it's more it's morbid time uh makes me um, sad I, I just want matt smith to do something good after doctor who he just can't seem to cut a break that guy or he could come back to doctor who yeah he became doctor who it was great yeah maybe that's his run but he's a yeah. good actor he's a good actor what did tom baker go on to nothing but he's tom baker he just stayed Tom Baker all his life. Monarch of the Glen? He was in that. Sure. <laughs> so, if you hear Greg make a mistake, please do send that with, you know, documentation and research to yes. dan at smartenough.org. And please, one day, I know Dan, see, Dan has a habit of just making crazy stuff up and then talking about it. So, therefore, you can't prove it incorrect. I think that's his tactic. It's working quite well. But if he... How dare you? <laughs> but if you if you catch him out, if you if you if you like your old old Gregoire even just a little bit, then maybe maybe look at what Dan says and find it out, or, or is just his baby blue eyes bat too wonderfully, listeners? Well, I'm getting really aggressive towards the listeners. I'm sorry, listeners. I love you. I love you, baby. I love you. Hey, come to a second location with me. <laughs> Let's come to the forest. Have a picnic. I got the knives. You bring the cheese. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. And Greg at smartenough.org. You can get along to the website, press all the buttons if you want to subscribe or interact. or Look, it's a good a message. website. Get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lovely website. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, then please do share your delight in it with people around you yeah. and people online best, and all that sort of stuff. It's the best way. It's the best yeah. way. That happened to me recently, by the way. I went out with some work colleagues and, and at some point someone said to me, what are you doing this weekend? I said, I'm probably going to record a podcast. And, and they went, oh, whose podcast? I went, well, mine. And they went, I've known you for five years. You have a podcast? And I went, yes, yes. And they're like, oh, my goodness. That's what is it? It's called Smart Enough to Know Better, a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. And they showed them online, and they were very excited. And now they're going to go and listen to it. And I went, well, even I'm not telling people about this podcast, but uh, but you yeah, should. We listeners. only really promote it 
on the po- to the people who are already listening yes, to the yeah. podcast. I don't want to. I don't want to be talking about my podcast. I need to become that guy. But uh, yes, you should, listeners, because it's not your podcast. Though it is your podcast, we. I feel that you yeah. are part of it. But yeah. I feel it's it's okay for you to talk about it. It's not okay for me to talk about it. And I don't need to talk about it. I just flash my beautiful blue eyes, and they immediately subscribe. <laughs> If you would like to support the podcast financially, there are many ways to do it. You can buy shirts, you can drop money in the tip jar, or you can become a patron. Yay! If you provide us with five bucks a month, then we will read your name out on the podcast because we love you so much more than everyone else. It's true. And Uh, look, our relationship is purely transactional. We just, we just like, we are hookers. We are podcast hookers. No, no, no. We're not. I don't like that word. I, I prefer to think of us as audio effects workers. Audio effects workers, true. Yes, and just like just like sex workers, audio effects workers is real work. So it is real work. I stand by this. Yeah, we we both have to edit now. I edit. Wow, wonders why. Don't. Play That's what that. I'm saying. We both have to edit now. Oh, okay. Oh, it's okay. proper work. I, I it's thought you'd be sarc- fun bit. I thought you'd be sarcastic. I apologise. I, I misread. See, I had a problem there. That's why I can't meet people. <laughs> yeah. So a big thank you to these tier two listeners. Thank you so much to Britta Rogowski, Andrew Potts, Matthew Toy, Ilana Mitchell, Ivan, Matt Ewers, Elizabeth Yunkin, Andrew Whitehurst, Lindsay Jenkinson. Gronya Maguire, Avi Greenbury, Christopher Revel, and Phil Holland. Yay. Revel? Christopher Revel. Revel? One of them's right. <laughs> edit, just edit it in. Perfect. Yeah. We have, obviously, our top tier oh, listeners. Yes. And they're paying extra. They're paying mm. 15 bucks a month so that mm. we also abuse them. <laughs> or I also abuse them. Mm-hmm. Because I am okay. innocent. We have a new top tier patron. Ooh, hello. Which statistically does not make any sense. <laughs> we, we now have one less top tier member than we have mid tier members. That's amazing. I guess people really need abuse. They do. They do. They, they, they've been having it too easy for too long. Yeah. So, Robert Shouten. Hello. I bet that's going to be wrong. I looked your name up online and found a Robert Shouten, who is an Office 365 specialist who works on SharePoint implementations in the Netherlands, which I assume is you. Oh. <laughs> and the fact that you're from the Netherlands means that I have definitely pronounced your surname wrong. Mm. It's probably Shorten or something. Stop it. No, no. You're making it That's worse. That's already it, offensive enough. I love you're it. You're making it much worse. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be worse. He's paying for worse. Yeah, but not... <laughs> Not personal abuse. Well, it is. Naturally. Yeah, that's exact. That, that, that's what it oh. says on the patron thing. Okay, right, right. That's why I looked him up. Okay. So all of the insults this month are based on popular apps and software. Right. Michael Kedar, you have all the stability and structure of PHP code, with the caveat that I haven't used PHP since version five. I assume there have been no world-altering updates like typecasting, a threefold speed increase, nor void returns. Possibly a bit too targeted that in, but you know, there's some PHP people out there. Who are uh, like, okay, good. Ah. I'm, I, I must admit, I'm like, I, I don't know when a monitor isn't plugged in properly, so that re- you're really leaving me behind on that one. Yeah, that's all right. That's that's a special joke. For okay, okay, okay. A, right. a very particular caliber uh, of listener. Ooh, ooh I like it. Ooh. Steve Stewart, like Microsoft Word. When I am moved by your image, everything seems worse. That is a layout joke for ah. people who use work Microsoft Word. Right. Okay. okay. Wow. Okay. 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 I'm. I'm. Okay. I'm. I, I'm. I'm impressed because, but I'm. Yeah. Good. Yep. Okay. A lot of these jokes are going to go over my co-host's head. Oh, okay. So make sure that you mention on Twitter how much you enjoy. Yeah, please. Them. Absolutely. You should definitely do that. Yes. I'm happy. Yep. Steve Eichenhout. You are simple copy-paste, like a from document, a PDF. Are you, hang on. Have you had a stroke or have I had a stroke? Because I feel that I, I'm a phaser No, 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 that's just, how, that's just how copy-pasting works with PDFs. Okay. Tom Siri. Look, I'm in, I enjoyed writing these jokes. No, so no, no. Look, look I, 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 I really don't want to give the, keep being baffled by them. I, I don't. I really, I'm not. I'm, oh, good. Because I'm not, I'm not trying to be nasty about it. I'm just. I'm just processing yeah. them. Yeah. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, then that, yeah, that's a that's a computer joke. Okay. So Tom <laughs> Siri, 
Uh, I actually didn't remember to write an insult for Tom as he constantly gets detected as junk and is filtered away automatically. Ah, see, I get that one. So that's, that's, see, that's, that one I get. Thank you. Good. Okay. Excellent. Robert Shelton. Uh, I give you the same score out of 10 that I give Excel. And that score is 1st of October. That's an automatic date formatting joke mm, for mm. those Excel users out there. That's very hopefully. Wow. Hopefully, that landed for you guys. That's a, <laughs> wow, you've done, you've done some real effort here, real work. Look, I've been doing this for three fucking years, Gregoire. <laughs> I'm running out of inspiration for these things. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm sorry. What's it? I would have oh. given them up. I would have given this segment up years ago if we weren't being directly paid for it. But they're so good and and relevant to the kids. I, uh, okay. And finally, Sean Seifkin. When you fail to be read, it is obvious to me from the options of abort, retry, and ignore which your mother should have chosen. Ah, very good. Excellent. I get that one. All right. And Eric Wilson, Al Batson, Morden O'Hare, Scott Driscoll, and Michael Barnes, who's uh, our top tier members, but have said that I no longer need to abuse them. Sure. You guys make me as happy as turning off a computer. Oh, <laughs> turning off a computer. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything we need to promote? If you're in Townsville in Queensland in Australia, <laughs> get out then, immediately. Leave. Just what are you doing? Uh, no, it's in. <laughs> shouldn't. That's terrible. I lived in Townsville two years. Beautiful place. I lived near Townsville for six years. Not in town, and you escaped, and I escaped. That's maybe that's what I'm basing it on. That's fair enough. There you go. If you're there, if you're near there, then our play, Speed the Movie, mm. the play, is going to be playing up there in like a month or two or something. Yeah, basically this time next month, I think. Yes. Yeah. So look that up and track it down yeah. because I mean neither of us will be there. No, no, absolutely. We not. will be in spirit. Yeah, that's right. Imagine when you see it, when you see the main character, that's who Dan played and his sidekick, that's who I played. And we also wrote it. So I mean that's the important bit. We made it all funny. We with a (laughs) with a two thirds. All those all those meat puppets who are reading out our lines, they're just they're just they're just moving plot uh, moving props. They're just attractive very attractive moving props. You don't give them the time of day. It was the writers that made it made them sing, for God's sakes. Love us. Love us. And as we always like to say, come with us to a second location. And there's still a few people there, but it wasn't a crammed room. It, there was a whole social distancing thing. You just got to hope that alcohol kills it. I don't know if that helps, the alcohol swabbing internally. Does that help? Kills some stuff. Excellent. Fantastic. Look, if some of your organs are at risk, the alcohol is more of a risk. So Yes, very true. Oh, no, you're going to get brain damage, potentially get brain damage from... You, uh, yeah, you go out drinking and get brain damage. Jesus that's right. Christ, no. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yes. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like, oh, wait, but that's what I'm kind of doing anyway. But I had a really nice time. That's my goal. That's my <laughs> aim. That's why you don't have eyebrows. That makes sense. <laughs> You thought I was just surprised the entire time. <laughs> Science is wonderful. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs>